Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. That was, that was horrifying. Uh, okay, so uh, it, we're we're now live. We're broadcasting to the uh, to the world, and this is going to be uh, uh, this is the the very first movies we like late night Lonely Hearts movie clutch uh, follow up uh, Google Hangout. We're very excited to uh, be on uh, the Google Plus. This is really uh, it's a pretty novel uh, thing. Don't you think, gentlemen? It's high tech. 
It's high tech. Um, One would think it's, uh, it's high tech. So I'm very excited to be here. What we what we're doing here, we did uh, for those of you who had listened to the show, the the uh, podcast uh, last night. Andy and I, uh, uh, Andy, hi, how are you? Say something to the good people. Hey everybody, how are you guys? Welcome we're, to those who we're really good. Welcome. Uh, we 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 did the show uh, last uh, last night. We talked about Prometheus, and uh, and you know it was uh, what would you say it was a contentious uh, contentious conversation. I Almost came to blows. Contentious. We did that thing. We did that three, two, one countdown thing, and it was it. There was a gap. Just because we disagreed doesn't make it contentious. It was contentious. contentious we, were, we were we had our dukes out. I thought you both were very polite. <laughs> well, that's very gracious Maybe of you to like say that, Mike. And just that's for the 1700s, we had our gloves out. We were slapping each other across the face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, what we decided to do for these big movies, what we'd like to do more and more of, if there are people who are at all interested in, in uh, uh, being part of this conversation, is to do more of these Google Hangouts and invite people that we like and know and comment uh, uh, handily and are uh, famous in their own way. Uh, to join us in, in this conversation. So we've got our, our uh, this is our first set of regulars that I'm thrilled to introduce. Uh, Chad, why don't you, Chad, why don't you go, go first? Why don't you say something to the good people? Well, as you can see my name at the bottom of the screen. I can't. We yeah, can't. I know. I think you turned it off. <laughs> is it not working for you either? I don't know how to get in. Oh, yours doesn't work either. No, mine is yeah, broken. you got to turn it on. Got, There's a little. Why, don't use that finger. Oh, I'm sorry. Have to turn it on. Use your a little tickle. Use, use the tickle finger. Look, <laughs> the <penis> vagina. Chad, <laughs> uh, Chad, uh, you What's need the, the rating of this show. I just want to know what the rating is. Uh, is yeah, it like a G R? No, that's a very good point. We're gonna we're gonna have to see kids how, are gonna be on how this shakes out. It's a late night coffee clutch. I have no problem making you it have sort of after hours. Many times already. I have. I, that's what late night doesn't late night imply a rating, I right? So. <laughs> late night, I think so. Um, so we'll use that as a safety net. Chad, tell people why your hair is looking like it is. Did you just wake up? Are you? This is. I, you know, I rushed over here in a in a frazzle, and then I couldn't get the the internet to work. So that's partially. Uh, yeah. I ran here. That sounds. So, uh, this is what it looks like with my. This is my. I just ran here look. <laughs> it looks good. No, it suits you. It suits also, Chad. I auditioned for the part of an alcoholic whose wife just cheated on them today, and oh. that's why the gun. That's so I've a, had a really hard day of crying in front of people I don't know. That's a downer. Yeah, and then I'm my son comes in, I'm actually pointing the gun at my wife, who I just well, met. You know, we should say, before, uh, Chad Stoops, why don't you tell people, uh, why don't you say for the record where the people can find you and learn more about your... Uh, oh, you can uh, go to the site, uh, chadstoops.com. It's uh, spelled with two Ds and two Os. Uh, I'm an actor, comedian, writer, uh, and now I I judge other people's movies with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one with the gavel. I'm glad you said that because uh, so far nothing that you have brought to the table has been really very funny. Thank and you. So that was your first you. start. It's been kind Thank of a downer. <laughs> and so, all right. So uh, on to uh, Mike. Uh, Mike Evans, tell us a little bit about yourself, confused well, listener. We're well, so glad you're here. I am a confused listener, and more importantly, I'm not involved in the industry at all in any way. So I'm neither actor nor director nor production fantastic person. And uh, because of that, uh, I have. Uh, no, just criticisms and uh, and and I also have a gun. So and <laughs> <is my> gun. <laughs> nice gun. 
But no, I just uh, I'm I'm literally just a listener, and I and I feel like as I have said before to Andy, I feel like I am uh, in like a coffee house when when you guys are talking, and I feel and I'm yelling. And I keep yelling, and you never respond. I don't know why. My wonderful things that I say, and you just you never listen to me. So it's very frustrating. Well, this is this is going to be your big shot to see what we would say. When <laughs> and then you'll never invite me back again. Yeah, this will be okay, and I understand. And hey, Mark, I Mike, is it okay if I don't listen to you, but then I use your ideas? <laughs> <laughs> like I don't respond to you at all. Is that okay? That's no problem. That's not a problem at all, uh, Andy. You should uh, you should do something because you've got your you've got your little lower third up that doesn't seem to work for some of us. Yes, I do. So 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 yes, Andy Nelson. Uh, you can find me at Soda Creek Film, and uh, I'm a regular with Pete on on the Movies We Like show. For those of you who haven't who randomly found this this Google chat and have no idea what you're in for, uh, yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what else. I have no gun. I feel. Andy, do you have any? Do you have any tobacco, or are you just the alcohol and we have firearms? That's right. I've got the booze. Okay, got booze and firearms. We have two firearms and two alcohol, but we have no. Which is probably enough, frankly. That's good. Good Smoking for our health. Peter's got wine. You drink wine when you talk about movies, Pete. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And I just I you, you bring the, the class. I should oh, say for Pete. the record that I'm also so significantly sunburned, sunstroked. Uh, w- one could say that I may be a, just a hot mess by the end of the show. I you look like a minutes. you look like a lush actually. You don't look like you're sunburned. <laughs> you're. <laughs> that's you're actually probably a guy should keep drinking because that 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 completes the disguise. You're totally definitely the hue of red right now. Yeah, don't adjust your set. Don't adjust yourself. Hey, uh, just a real quick, just to let you know, the movie that I was in, Surrogate Valentine, is now on Netflix and it's streaming. I'm so glad either, you said that. Which so either means it, it's which good, right? So streaming is good. That means to people say that like when it. you had your turn, Chad. What? You're supposed to say that when you had your turn. Your oh, turn. I'm so. Sorry. <laughs> so that didn't count. You have to bring notes to the show. <laughs> sorry. You should finish that thought. I'm I'm very proud of you that your uh, that your uh, big film is on there. I'm excited. Surrogate Valentine. Uh, who uh, tell us more? Who were the other people that you were with? Uh, Go Nakamura and Lin Chen, and we're in a it's a feature film about uh, me, a, an actor. I play an actor in the movie, and then uh, Go Nakamura who plays himself. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to ask, is it hard to play You're directed by Dave Boyle. Dave Boyle? So I'm just going to ask, is it hard to play an actor? It's it's, uh, not hard to... Well, if you're playing a a B-list... I play a C-list actor in this. And so, uh, yeah, that was a real challenge. Because I'm amazing. All right, all right. Let's. Yeah. Uh, does anybody else have a, have a new film on uh, that is streaming on Netflix, or should we move, should we move on? Of the Anyone? four of us, how many have movies? And how many have movies that are streaming on Netflix? <laughs> I was just okay. excited. I I would like to uh, I'd like to jump into this movie. That's what we're that's what we're doing here, and I think this is uh, I think this is important because I feel like we need some I mean we need some balance. Andy and I did the three two. Should we do the three two one thing and just shout out our numbers again? Yeah. Mine hasn't changed. Um, 
where who would like to begin? Let's see. Mike, you you get to go first here. You're hey. the one who gets so frustrated about people yelling at things. Tell us what do you think of this movie and why did it how did it shake out for you? I uh okay, I can say so I've been reading the 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 Cavalor and stuff and the the insanely hilarious <laughs> uh, I can't remember the name of it now. Movies in 15 minutes. Yeah, that one. Oh my god. I could not stop laughing. That was that was it almost echoed exactly everything that I was thinking while I was watching the movie. <laughs> and, and you're sitting there going, this isn't like a, someone who else thinks exactly like me. But, but the, the, problem, <clears throat> I don't know, the problem I had with the movie was, and, and I was challenged today to explain, sort of prep somebody who has watched Alien films and had not seen it yet. And I was like, oh, you need to go see it. But... Uh, don't get too like up on it. Like you really like alien movies, well, like temper your expectations a little bit because it looks fantastic. But there's, and I didn't want to spoil it for him, but I kept finding myself caveat, you know, caveating all the character development pieces that I that I didn't want him to get too high before he before he'd watch it because I, you know, to a certain extent I think he'd be a little disappointed. And I had to like kind of literally I had to kind of just stop ripping apart the movie in my head as I'm watching it with the character pieces because you, know, you guys touched on most of it. But but what got me was the, well, obviously the visual effects, but the, the little pieces that they didn't tell you enough about. It's like they, they threw something out there and we you try to figure out whether it's a, did the writer forget something or are they you know, are they leaving breadcrumbs? Uh, and, and is this going to be something that, ooh, I need to pay attention to? And so I found myself watching the the, the framework of the movie more than the actual people running around in it. And hmm. I don't know if that makes sense or not. But but that's what I found myself when I was in the after I've been thinking about it. I'm I'm interested in the goo and I'm interested in the in the in the murals and I'm interested in the spaceships and the fact that one's an oval and the other one's a horseshoe and all this other stuff, but not the people. And and you know you just kind of kind of um you know ignore them a little bit and go you know, the one question I had is why would somebody who's been making movies forever, these people who make movies like, they make movies, you know, really Scott makes other non-sci-fi movies, you know, they know how to make movies. How did, how did they not sit there, how did, could they not come to the, the conclusion that, you know, why are there 17 red shirts in this movie and, and why is it that, that it's so obviously not, not developed? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a schlock and I'm sitting there going, hey, this, this, this sucks. I but, could not agree more. It was totally baffling. Totally baffling. When, and this is the problem. I was, I'm trying so hard to find a way to say it without seeming like a complete tool. So I, I recognize that I am a tool when I say it out loud. Uh, I, I think the problem with the movie is that I, I think us as, as consumers give our money and, and our trust to these storytellers to tell us a good story. And when we have faith in people like Ridley Scott and Lindelof and the, the cast, which we uh, by and large know and trust and, and uh, like their other work, when they, there are these glaring holes in it, it just, it, you, you, they lose that trust. And that I found, I find, you know, it's, uh, the, the tool part is that it just, it's sort of insulting. It sort of insults our intelligence, and and I think I think they, as a result, they took the they took this movie out of the universe more than than paid homage to and it. it. And I think it's telling, Mike, that you were so drawn to paying attention to like all of the other elements in the story. You were really trying to 
look at all the mythos and, and see what all those little tiny things were and paying attention to that framework rather than the characters because the characters were just not working as well as they should have been. And I think if the film, if the script had really been rock solid and the, and the characters in the story were just, you know, miles ahead of where they ended up, um, it would have been one of those films where you watch the story and you couldn't take your eyes off of what was happening in the characters, and then later you'd go back and start catching all of those little little bits of the mythos and everything. So, so there's only one thing I can think of that that has sort of been boiling in the back of my head, and I can't really, I haven't been really able to articulate it other than um, I don't know if we're missing something. Like we are, okay, so we've been watching Alien since 79, we're, you know, we're we're familiar with the with the universe. We're familiar with the people. We're familiar with all the backstory. You guys have been talking about it for a month, and don't sound so you know. I'm you know, four, day, four days over a month. How's that? Four days. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys have been droning on and, and on. And so, <laughs> so there's like pieces of this that I got the I got the feeling from a writing or from the directing or whatever from the movie standpoint that they fast forwarded. Like they're like, yeah, yeah, you know, you know about interstellar travel. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know about other planets. Okay, we don't have to introduce you to the concept of a spaceship going across the galaxy. We don't have to explain or or introduce to you the concepts of of androids and robots and aliens and 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 other beings and things. We just really let's just highlight them and go, yeah, yeah. Uh, alien drinks goo. Makes Earth, makes life. Uh, fast forward, we're here somehow. Nobody met. That's okay. We're just here. We're just going to talk about. It. And yeah, you know all that. But oh, but look at the look at the graphics is great. And I got that feeling like like I don't know if we're being too critical or if we're being if they're like, well, okay, we need to reintroduce this to a new generation who may not have watched this over the last twenty years. So. But they understand that kids, you know, kids today, young people, they understand what this means. So we don't have to spend, like, two, okay, the, the one thing I thought about was, and I'm, I'm taking a ball the time, I apologize, but, but the uh, 2001, you know, they, how much time they spent on the shot where, they, where they're transferring people up from Earth to the space station. You know, it, it's, it's, it's agony. It's, it's like forever, like just the, the pen floating in the air and, and the things that they did to show Oh, this is someone because they had never thought about that before. How do you because get it was up space? It was marvelous. That was, was that was incredibly novel. But now, if I were to say, if I were to spend ten minutes or fifteen minutes in a movie about weightlessness in space, we'd be like, okay, where's my other nine and a half minutes? You know, it's like, okay, I, I know that. I know how well, this all works. Let's move on. Right. That's why the reveals, I think, in this movie were so good. I mean, don't you agree that the, the reveal of the actual ship, it took, you know, 30 seconds, but the way they, they architected that reveal was perfect. Yeah, they didn't have to sh show us all that much more. Which, again, is, you know, I remember you, you talking about the, the, it was beautiful. Yeah, because it's, you know, it's, again, the scenery. It's the background. It's the, it's the oh, my gosh, look how they did that with the cool thing. And he's standing up, and it looks awesome. But, you know, who cares about the, anybody <laughs> about the people, so... It, it, I don't know if they just okay. It's a horror movie. I have I've told you that there's 17 people in this thing. 16 are going to die. You know it. And, and they didn't even they didn't even introduce them. Okay, so they didn't introduce them to each other. They didn't introduce them to us. They spent no time on even letting us know who they, these people were. I mean, because well, they know we're going to kill them. 
We're gonna That's why on. I wonder if this is a, if this was a. I don't know where to I don't know where to start kind of examining it because it's a it's it, on, at what point does it fall apart? I mean, Chad, you're mm -hmm. an actor. Is this an actor's problem? <laughs> First of all, I want to apologize for the really loud fiesta music going on. I don't know if you hear that every once in a while. No, I think it's great. You do? It adds? I don't even know what that is, but I love it. I love it. But, uh, no, I mean, this would have been a really good episode of Fraggle Rock, I think, because... <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, are you talking about Prometheus that. now? Yeah. <laughs> Not the fiesta music. It's Fraggle Rock. No, I... Because... You know, it just, uh, I guess from an actor's point of view, I felt very, I was watching it feeling really sorry for Sharice Sh Theron. Theron, did I say her name right? Sharice. Theron. 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 Um, if you're watching this, Sharice, I'm really sorry for butchering your name. Did Mike just leave? Yeah, I think you said something about Sharice Theron and he got Darn it. Um, Don't worry, he's back. No, but I, I uh, oh, hey, Mike. <laughs> Don't ever hit backspace. Sorry. Um, no, but I, I thought from an actor's point of view that, uh, and just watching it as an actor, I thought it was very difficult. It must have been difficult for those actors after signing on to this, thinking Ridley Scott is directing this, that the words that they're going to be saying are going to, you know, produce something that makes some sort of sense. I, I just, it was really hard. It was almost like watching a bunch of people sort of like, I, I felt like they, they went into this not even getting a script that it looked like. Because it looked like the choices that they had to make as actors seemed really, uh, if they knew what they were doing, like for example, the, the, the captain on the spaceship, on the spaceship, um, on the ship, <laughs> do we use spaceship anymore? <laughs> you know, on the spaceship, um, he, just that, that dial, it just blew my mind when he's like, you know, hey, hey, we're going to, like nonchalantly, I guess, because you said so, we're going to kill ourselves for the sake of Earth. And then the two guys that you hardly ever see go, we're with you, Cap. And I'm like, man, that must have been time. I mean, you know, it seemed like they didn't even have the dialogue until that day. And they're like, we gotta, really? we got to say this? And it, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe there's a whole different script that they were going on, and that made sense. But it just, I was like, wow, how, how do you get to that point? As an actor, you go, why? What's the reason? There's no reason for, I mean, they're just... Things like that throughout the whole thing, I felt sorry for them because it wasn't, there wasn't a reason. And you're always looking for reasons to do and things because you're, you know, you're being exploited as an actor when you do, do, do movies like this, you know, that are ridiculous, that don't, and I don't mean it, I don't mean to say ridiculous in a, I'm not trying to be just mean to the movie because I was, I was telling, as I said to you, Pete, it was like as I was watching the movie there, <laughs> in the middle of the movie and it's like, it's probably like one in the morning when I'm watching it. And uh, trying to watch it in 3D, and all of a sudden I hear this guy behind me go, "Why?" <laughs> like he whispered, "Like, why? Why?" Like after like the 12 <coughs> ridiculous thing happened, and I was like, "I I agree. What? Why?" So yeah, I think as an actor, it must have been very difficult for them to do what they did. I don't know what they even think of it. You know, as a viewer, I think I was doing I was doing that throughout the whole movie. Okay, so. It's not new. It's 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 familiar in a sense. You know, we've been through space movies for lots of years now, and you sit there and going, I would not do that in that in that situation. You know, it's so many times. You know, what? Why would they? Why? Would, oh, okay, the one that got me was the geologist getting lost. Okay, I mean, literally, in the way that they cut it, the way that they spliced it was like they're all getting back, and then suddenly 
they they're like, oh, we need we need we need drama. Um, you two, you're gonna be lost. But that's not in the script. Eh, we'll fix it in post. Um, you're lost now. <laughs> and and, some, and those guys, just, those those guys could not have died fast enough for me. But, oh really, no, yeah, yeah. And it just like it looked like it was forced in the movie. Like they're suddenly like, oh yeah, now you're gonna be lost. Like okay, we, we traveled trillions of miles. We can't pick up two guys in a storm. I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't understand how well. And everyone's okay with the fact that you're just going to camp down for the night in this strange place. No problem. It's what we normally do on these expeditions. Just mm, and you're and, like, no, no, no. That's not exactly all what would happen. I, I don't know and, why you're doing it. Coincidentally, they decide to camp in the room right next to the decapitated body, which is why they ran off in the first place. Right. Right. They have this body lying here. They're like, uh, I'm out of here. But, and they fail. And then they oh, come wait, you mean we're stuck here? We need yeah. to camp here for the night. Let's cuddle up right by this dead right. body with all this black goo that's right. oozing out of these jugs. In, in the <laughs> seven minutes it took for them to get lost, they suddenly are okay with it. Yeah, yeah. You know, literally, they've, they've overcome their fear in the seven minutes, and they're like, oh, I'm good now. Oh, yeah. this, this actually doesn't weird me at all. Well, it takes time for they, people to adjust, you guys. Didn't they leave first? Didn't they leave first? Yeah. Weren't they like, I'm getting, like the, I'm getting out of here. As soon as they saw the decapitated body, they were like, uh, I didn't sign up for this. Yeah, yeah and then I, they left, and how did they end up being still in there when everybody else exactly. left after them 20 minutes I mean, later? Whatever. It's, you think it's probably a, it's a, literally a straight line. It's like, we came in this way. I will go back out this way. No, no, no. I'm, I'm going to wander around. Two of us are going to wander around lost. Well, and, it, and, especially and on a ship buddy. that's a circle that's not a circle. Right? It, it, how did they come back to the same place? They had to have gone out and then chosen to turn around okay. and walk exactly the way back. So they had sack you're, you're freaked out, out of your mind. You're walking out of a building, right? You take a couple of turns that you didn't know realize. You got a communicator that goes back to the ship that's got a map of the entire place. Don't know how to use it anymore. And yeah, and you're the guy who, who drew the map. Exactly. <laughs> you're the guy responsible for the map. I mean, yeah. There's literally a dude yeah. on the other end of 911 with a 3D map and positions of you and everything that you would need to get out. I've forgotten. What is that? No, I've forgotten. So it's static. Now. They're static. Yeah. We can't talk about it. All right. So, I mean, really, Andy, is this still a 7? I don't know. It might. It might have, I was thinking about this, actually, while I re-listened to the show today. I'm just like, you know, it's, it's at least gone down to a 6. At least come down to a six. Like Wait a minute, Andy. Wait, you thought you, it was a seven? You thought it was a seven. It's because I, I enjoyed it. I've enjoyed talking about it. Chad, you <laughs> you've enjoyed making fun of it? That's why it's a seven. No, it's a seven it, for it, you. There's a lot of problems, but it has created a lot of thought. And, and reading that article I, uh, by Cavalorn, I, I really like where he's going with it. And despite all the stupidity in the film, I think that there is a lot of really interesting things. It's, it's very flawed, but I think that they actually did some really unique things with telling this story and making something that's more than just a, a crappy sci-fi horror or action movie, whatever you want to term this as. That's, you know, that's a point I would like to hear you guys talk about, um, particularly Chad and Mike, because Andy and I talked last night about this idea of how the, you know, I... I sort of put it in the context of a grudge match that just that's the way I needed to hear it, right? That, mm -hmm. you know, the writers and, and Ridley Scott were, were trying to shoehorn these two very different ideas into this f film. And 
uh, it felt like there was this idea of we're going to do Space Jesus, and you know we also should throw some aliens in and make it kind of scary because it's in that universe. The, was that was it too much, or is there a way that that you could have made peace with this film uh, in 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 some way, shape, or form? So wait, Pete, let me hear that again. You were saying from what you were reading, because I didn't read, I haven't read into a whole lot of stuff, but you were saying they were adding sort of religion to it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's one of the the. the well, uh, I guess you can go ahead. Pretty, I mean, there's there's definitely a lot of religious references, Chad. I mean, obviously she's yeah. kind of the religious, you know, spiritual character. Uh, she has, you know, she's unable to have children, but then she gets pregnant. Right. Uh, On Christmas, Christmas, in space. <laughs> you guys added the Christmas thing. Yeah. What? And then there's the, Are you uh, kidding? It was not actually Christmas. There was. He, he said Christmas. it was Christmas. He was, did a Christmas tree. Oh, I thought that's just because they were far from home. Was it really Christmas? No, it starts, it starts off, and the date that it gives you is December 24th. You're right, it is Christmas. Oh, she says okay. it's New Year's Day. Yeah, that's uh -huh. just, that's but just it was Christmas because she a had bridge too far for Mike Evans. A bridge too far. That's just inelegant. <laughs> <laughs> you but said that to Chad, Ridley Scott. Really, you know, that's the, the tree. Come on, but Chad. One of the religious things that um, no, I saw that too, but I didn't know that. I didn't know that was the reason why it was so disjointed, but. But does, the question is: Does that does that make the movie more or less appealing to you? And is there a way they could have they could have with uh, I don't know maybe the word is finesse they could have finessed all of these concepts into one film in a way that actually made sense? Because what you you both have said, uh, Mike and Andy, that after reading the Cavalier and stuff, that you uh, I, I think you have some affinity to those ideas that that yeah. the, right the context of that makes some sense. Is there a way that they could have done this that would have made you happy? Yes, and there's a way that they they could have done it, and honestly, they should have done it because, and and this is where I think as time goes by, I'm going to find myself um, getting farther away from the movie and probably closer to that four of yours rather than the seven that I started with, specifically because um, I think the Cavalorn article in my head is really what I wanted the movie to be, and. As time progresses, I'm going to just get farther away from from it because I I know that that's not what really the film was. I, I could I could uh, clarify for you probably, is because we spent an hour and a half after the movie talking about it. And you had already seen it once, right? Yes, yeah, right. So it's the a lot of it's the conversation, the discovery, the figuring it out. So let's let's just say you take that to its logical conclusion. You finally get to a point where you kind of feel comfortable with what the movie's doing. Mm -hmm. Okay, what's left of the movie? I mean, now the movie's just a bunch of cool special effects in space, and you've sort of already, you sort of exhausted all the, the mental workout that it was. Well, mm. but then the joy, I guess, comes in re-watching it and re-exploring yeah. those things, you know, time and time again. I, I mean, I think that's why people go back to movies, you know, so often, to re-experience those sorts of things and look at it from different perspectives. I, just I had a comment on this thing that actually I thought was interesting to that point, which was, this movie is far more interesting to talk about than to watch. <laughs> well, yeah, I agree. Well, okay, this is, and this, I think what saddens me the most is you're, we're talking about something that when we watch this movie, we're always thinking in the back of our heads, wow, I wonder if we'll ever know what cool thing happened here before. And now, it's like, okay, 
So basically, this guy who ate something from an alien that didn't like him. Oh, no, no, I guess an uh, android that didn't like him because small things come from big things or whatever. Then he turned into something and made Whoopi with the girl he liked. And then she got pregnant to have a squid that then stuck his tongue in this guy that's bigger than us to make the alien to... But that, that's not the story that I was hoping to see, I guess. That's just, that's a... That even, is the fundamental problem I was having last night that I, I am not resolved. How do you tell that to your kids? <laughs> <laughs> how do you tell it? You can't. That's like, it's not even, they're going to say, I, can you go back to the thing with the tongue? What about it's the just, tongue, Daddy? <laughs> tell us about the tongue again. My kids, the, are already, my kids are already doing that. Like they see, they, Let they, me tell you how aliens kind of are born. What kind of a kiss is it, Dad? Is it a normal kiss or is it an eat-your-face kiss? <laughs> it's just, it's this just, is an eat your face kiss movie. I'm not, gonna, yeah, I'm not kidding. It just makes my stomach turn because it's like you want to know history. History is always what makes it cool. And the cool thing about Alien, the first movie, is it was a simple his a simple thing. This one thing impregnates you, and you and it, you end up having an alien. That and you're like, wow, that's a scary concept. But then you go back, and this it doesn't make. I guess it doesn't make sense even if you're trying to look at it from the point of view of how these things made the alien because you're, you know, first of all, you've got the goo and the goo produces a monster, but you have to eat the goo to also have sex to make that a monster as well. I'm, I'm, I don't understand that part. That's a different monster. Is that a different one? No, no. It's like if you, if, you, the... if you eat the goo and you have sex before the goo takes you over, you make one yeah. type of monster. And then, but if that, and then that monster, the uh, face... Makes an egg, and then face hugs you, and that makes a different monster. It's like, it's like literally, it's like. I feel like we're six years like old. I feel like as we're talking like this, it sounds like we're six years old, like trying to explain how our game works. No, that's true. <laughs> that's that's what's happening. <laughs> it's just that, like you know, just it's like I'm wondering if when he came up with his idea, like Ridley Scott's like, no, the goo, you have to eat it. First. You have to eat the goo. You have to eat the goo first, <laughs> and then with the sex but, and the goo. But do they all have to eat the goo, or can we do some other type of sex the goo? Yeah, we'll have them. We'll have them eat you, and then something else will come out. No, I would have been more so excited cool if you would have taken there a knife. Different monsters, <laughs> based on at what Wait point before or after sex you are eating goo. <laughs> We've been dealing only with one monster. We need to like merchandising requires us to have more monsters. We need like this many monsters. <laughs> you can get the goo or the monster. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, okay, so I had. All right. I want to throw this out there and. Uh, with no um, no lead up, I wanted to see what you guys thought about this. All right, if, here's if my you, here's my prepared face. Is the feeling that you had after watching this movie, you Peter, because you were Andy were seven, and you'll be in it four later. But but when you when we look back on this, and more importantly, if Ridley Scott can squeeze two more movies out of the this franchise as sequels, will we effectively have a Star Wars Episode One? where they tried to load so much pre-story in so that they could support other movie stuff that they forgot that they needed to focus on the story that they were in. Well, I have a question back to you. Mm. Mike. If your thesis is correct, mm. who is the Jake Lloyd? Mm. <laughs> is it the squid? 
in the med chamber, the little squiggly little thing that gets pulled out with the pliers. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that they, uh, I think that's a, um, I, I don't know if, if that's, uh, that's a funny question, and I don't know if it's an apt comparison, because there are so many things about this movie that just make you say, what the hell okay. was that about? But the bottom line is, this was a significantly better uh, experience, visual experience than Star Wars Episode One for me. Okay, but think about what what we thought about with, uh, the Star Wars One, and more importantly, you guys, I think at some point talked about the where the, uh, if I remember correctly, the reordering, right? Mm -hmm. Wait, how do you how do you show your kids the Star Wars series? Yeah, yeah, you, we you, did talk. You about eliminate the first step, the first movie completely. You don't need it because right. there's no character development. There's no characters. There's nothing in there that survives the movie. Uh, as any import, except for all the stuff that they set up in the movie so that the other movies can exist. And I, and I got that feeling after this, like, I'm like, okay, remove all the people, and all the facts that remain are effectively what we're interested in. And, you know, they already know that they're going to try to make sequels out of it. That's what we're, that's what I'm interested in. It's like, okay, where are they going to go with all this stuff? Not what happened to the people, or what did the people's impact have? I'm okay, so I have a, I have a, I have a, a uh, I don't know if this is a philosophical <coughs> So we talked at length about this idea of universes and uh, how, uh, you know, I, I made the case that it's actually a wonderful thing that we have this opportunity and we have writers and directors who are interested in exploring the broader stories that are, that are available to us in these universes. When we look at the Marvel universe, when we look at the Alien universe, I mean, we have these universi. Uh, it, and... My experience with with Prometheus is um, you were trying to explore a universe, and Lindelof has said a sequel to this movie is n does not necessarily get us to aliens, uh, alien, right? We we know it doesn't necessarily. This this could very well be just a forked path in the same universe. Fine. Mm -hmm. Is that what uh, audiences are most interested in? Do you think we are able to grasp it, or our expectations to? Uh, sort of cemented to what we what has come before that we're just not we're not interested in this universal exploration. I, I don't I need. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I want to know where the girl with the C-section in the head goes. <laughs> isn't that isn't that basically <laughs> Is it? That, well, that's kind of it, right? I mean, that's the sort of the lady uh, with the stapled C-section and the head and the head flies away on a how ship. How do you tell your kids how to fly? <laughs> From I don't know the manual. No, he's telling her. He's walking oh, he's her through it. Her. Okay. Now push Never the green button. How to play <laughs> push the, the green button. button. Push, the, push the egg buttons. The egg so, buttons. But oh. see, do you see my you see my point? I think this is a. Are we? Is this why we're not interested? Because our expectations were so handily dashed by this movie. Well, here's what I think. If I could just add my my point here. This or my opinion. I think that it's that would be a great thing if for some if if anything. And I think, like Mike had mentioned, like what you know, what you were watching, Mike, you'd said earlier, like, is there some sort of bit of like Easter eggy something in here that's going to be in some hidden topic that they add later on? And you know, it's like, okay, we can think that way, but it doesn't allude to anything that allowed us to have that kind of fun in the first three movies, where we're going, wow, you know, or first couple movies at least, where you go, wow, this this is really cool. You know, it's like it could divert, but you know, do we want to have more confusion? I guess is it just is it is it is it about what we just saw? And I think that's probably what 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 I would say is like I don't think it's I, I wouldn't I'm not interested in seeing her go anywhere with that head. I, 
I'm not interested. <laughs> I mean, the, the, it, and I think uh, I think that's what audiences are probably wondering too. Is like why why go see another movie? We we have the people that went to go see. Well, I'm not saying that the majority of the people, but the people that know about Alien came to see that because they want to know the history. Now I I actually talked to people who never saw Alien, and they're like, no, I'd never seen it, but the preview was so awesome. And I talk to those people later, and they go, you know, I didn't get it, and I don't even know if I care about where they go. I don't, you know, I asked them, they said that they don't really care. Let me let me ask you a question. I, what where do you guys stand on the use of before and after credits for end credits for story material? Well, you think about it. I mean, you know, this is one of those things. This is how the Marvel movies have have been tied together of recent note, right? It's this idea where the credits roll, and then at the end of the credits, there's going to be something. You know, Tony Stark and and uh, uh, you know, Sergeant Slaughter. What's his name? Sergeant <laughs> Slaughter. You know, uh, Nick Fury. Fury. Uh, there, there's going to be a meeting at the end of that. I mean, it's there. There's going to be some way to tie these movies together at the end of the credits. So there is this. There is this thing that you stay to the end of the credits because there's going to be something, some sort of action. And one of the things I hit at this movie was would it, because at the end of the credits of this movie, there is a splash screen, right? We haven't, we didn't talk about this at all. We didn't talk about it last night. Uh, that there is a splash screen that alludes to some other content, that a viral content that's going to be, um, you know, a, available at some point in the future. I don't have it in front of me, but there's a date and you're going to be able to see this video, Wayland video. Um, but would it have changed the structure of the the um, the alien uh, the structure of the alien part of the story if the birth of the next evolution of the alien monster as we know it happened after the credits and the story itself ended before the credit roll and everybody was dead? Well, I mean, sure, it would have. Would that have made the movie better? Is that, I mean, I'm just, you know. Oh, as as I mean, there's a certain drinking. audience that stays after the season. So that's what happens. The, the, the audience that stays after, you know, I mean, people are going to wait. It's, it's one of those things where that's the sort of thing that goes viral and people hear about it and all that. But when people see the end of the film and then the credits happen, you know, the vast majority of people who leave the theater are not going to have that experience. And so I, I think it would have been, for most people, probably a better film because, like we discussed last night, not having that alien bit tacked on to the end um, I, I think would have made it a better film because it, it doesn't feel like they're trying to sh you know force this idea of the alien mythology into this particular film with these aliens. It, it, the way that they did it just... You know, alien product goo product tie-ins. <laughs> oh, alien goo cereal from the movie. Mm -hmm. You know, tastes it's like just a black syrup. Doesn't say crunchy milk. Like it doesn't say crunchy milk. Goo puffs or taco puffs made with ten percent simulated alien goo and emotion. 
It'll well, get your all right. So I feel rolling. like I, I lost a little bit of that, but Andy Andy made a smart guy point. Anybody, <laughs> can anybody else trump that? Well, yeah, yeah. Go go ahead, guys. Try. <laughs> I, I will say this: I did not have any issue with the with the the last part of the movie. In fact, <laughs> per, personally, I think that was like something that was a a like a jack of the box type of thing that pretty much, at least from my standpoint, I was waiting for for the whole movie. I was waiting for them to somehow tie what they've been doing for the last two hours with what we know the the what the first movie came from. How, how uh, the the crashed ship on the planet that the Nostromo finds with the space jockey, and that's part of it. You know, they they, they reintroduced the space jockey from the first movie, and that that was the tie-in. You know, that was the, where they connected the two dots, not the alien uh, beast. Because we've been waiting for four movies to find out who these people are and what they're doing. They got the whole freaking movie. You know, this whole movie's about these guys. And what I want to know is how, I and mean, literally, after the movie was done, I'm sitting there going, okay, all right. There's going to be 700 million generations where these things are like all eating and eating themselves and embryoing themselves or some other stupid like crap ship things and they all like modify themselves. Somehow they're going to jump onto a ship, pick up another one of these things and jump on and they're going to be on that other planet where they killed him and then and they're going to be in the egg forms that we're familiar with. You're you talking know? about the LV426 version of the space. Yeah, I mean, and, and literally for people who are not you know, anal like you guys, we have no idea. We just call it the other planet. So, you know, the, <laughs> I think the, that was just a compliment, not, lamb. Yeah, the not moon <laughs> planet, the one that was in the original movie. But you know, it's like, okay, it was now you know the, the it was the pilot chamber, okay, or, or it was in the other chamber. It was in the other chamber, and it wasn't jars. It was eggs, and they were all arranged just like the ones in the. Big headroom wars. So okay, but here's the problem. Here's the problem with what you're saying right now is that I I think that you you just made an assertion that we have been waiting for four movies to find out what the hell is up with the space jockey, yeah. and my assertion is we have not. I don't think anybody has cared at all about the space jockey until Ridley Scott brought it up. Yeah. I think maybe, movie nerds maybe, have wondered what's going on with the space maybe, jockey. Maybe movie nerds. Yeah, maybe. But, well, you you know, but are movie nerds the ones that we're really selling to? I mean, the whole point is you go to the movie to get scared. And what we got with the initial Space Jockey and Alien was this opportunity to see, you know, okay, yeah, here's the thing. If we trace, mm -hmm. trace back the dots to, you know, we know we got sucked on by the face sucker and our face hugger and we got impregnated with the in the chest and all. And so that probably happened to that other dude. And all right, sure. well, let's go on and try well, not to die. Right. Well, here's the, okay, here's the question. Here's the question. Because if you watch the beginning of Alien, they go up to the space jockey and they say, or I, I don't know who says this. One of the, it's Chris, it was a Chris Christopher. Who is it? Chris Christopher? Tom, Tom Skerritt. That's right. Tom Skerritt. He comes up to him and he says, Chris Christopher. You know, I, I, I that movie? A totally different person. Uh, <laughs> Tom Skerritt. Tom Skerritt, sorry. Uh, but he comes up and he says that the bones are facing out. That, like something had busted out of its chest, which which is impossible according to the way that they did this film. It doesn't even match up to that space jockey. Well, it's but it matches up enough to the space jockey in or to, mm -hmm. to John Hurt. 
Mm -hmm. Andy, go. I'm sorry. The space jockey, and this I think, I've read quite a bit of confusion about this online. The space jockey, when, when his chest is burst open in this film, is not the space jockey that we see right. in Alien. They're totally different space jockeys, and they each had a totally different thing burst out of their chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't, okay, so I wasn't okay. implying that somehow there was the same deal. I was saying that, uh, again, the the ending alien wasn't important for me. It, it was like, oh, they're, it's black-skinned. Oh, I, what I got from that was not... The only thing I got from that was, okay, you mix this DNA up enough, and remember the, you know, the implication is that we're the same... Well, not implication. They told us we're the same DNA as the engineers with maybe smaller columns, but whatever. And... And uh, so you have alien sex with uh, infected people and then have chest bursting enough times and you're probably in a hundred years going to get what we found on that planet and what was horrifying. So I was, I mean, that's what that little last scene told me. It's like, okay, somewhere eventually down the road, this is how it's going to happen. But maybe not directly, but that's where my brain wanted to know. It's like, okay, okay, that ship, it crashed. What was that ship story, and how was it? How how was it? All the eggs put around. Where's the queen? You know, that was I think before they figured thought all that stuff out. But, but well, again, there's all these eggs. So no. what are they doing? My impression from Alien, because those eggs are, it's it's so hard to really figure out. But they're under that blue like laser mist thing, right? Mm -hmm. And they don't activate. The eggs don't activate until John Hurt falls down below the mist and the so, egg sense him. So it's almost like the almost like a like a freeze ray, similar to like an atmosphere being opened up in the big headroom? Yeah, I think that's exactly the parallel that they want to tell. Yeah, it's, my, it's, my case is, and Andy, this is for you, man, is this really the story that people were really interested in learning more about? I don't know, but it's an interesting idea to have decided to explore I just don't think that they ended up exploring it the way that it should have been explored. You know, going back to the comment that we had a couple episodes ago about um, Damon Lindelof talking about how um, an interview with, um, I can't remember that reference. Josh Topolsky. Right, where he, um, he says that, you know, he's praising Ridley and how he really just kind of was the funnel for all of Ridley's ideas and he, you know, Ridley was such a genius, he just kind of took the ideas and essentially acted as Ridley's typewriter and typed it out, right? I'm, I, so I kind of got the sense from listening to that and then watching the movie that maybe that was, in some way, Damon Lindelof's way of trying to get out there that I really didn't like the direction that the movie ended up taking. Ridley had a lot of ideas that I really didn't like. I'm in a, in a very, you know, complice slammy sort of way going to, you know, pin it on him. Man. How many, dark. how many arguments can these can this movie series survive between the direction know. and the producing and the writing casts? I mean, that was like number three, right, too? The David Fincher one? Uh, well, it just it's, it seems like... This one. Well, it seems like... Um, maybe it's because they, they don't have source material. You know, to a certain extent, they have to. You know, they don't. It's not like they're adapting a book or a comic book or something that's been around for a long time. You know, they're, they're sort of the it's movie. Been around since 1976. How much more well, do they need? 
I mean, there's, but there's no, they don't have, it seems like the screenwriters are the ones making up the mythos or making up the canon, and it, it almost seems like there's not an agreement on what they really want to do. I mean, this, mm, yeah. this, this movie has a bunch of stuff that it, like, explored, but it didn't really say anything. And that's why, that's why my, when I thought about this the other day, it was like, this is setting up other movies. This is what it feels like. Is that There's not a lot of weight to this movie because it's not, they, there's too much that they try to pack in. There's too many things they try to, to plans about. And none of them were character-related because they, they they knew they were just going to come off. And, they, and you could tell they just didn't care. They're like, I'm not even going to introduce you. There's like these five people she hired. We're not even going to tell you their names. They're she doesn't die. even know their names. She's right. never met them. She doesn't know it. And they're the ones that are killed yeah. when the dude comes in from the from the thing and he just wipes them out. We never knew who they were. Done. I mean, it, it doesn't, you know, it's like literally you could, you could tell that they're like, oh, man, we can't spend a lot of time on character development when we're just going to kill these people. Let's just, yeah, let's just make it happen. Let's let's, let's go. Well, well, okay. Well, okay. I want to, I want to, I want to throw this question out there, and I wanted to say, I want to ask, who, who do you guys think had the best death? Oh, that's a good one. That's best probably death. the only relevant, really awesome question of the night. The engineer in the first two minutes of the movie. <laughs> I want to say that Charlize had a really ridiculous cartoon death. The the I can I can't turn death. Yeah, the one that I got to outrun the thing that's bigger than faster than me. Ah, that was that was awesome. Was, I just want to know what that rock was made of that held up the entire spaceship that saved. Um, oh, what was her name? Now I can't remember her name. Shaw. Kryptonite. Shaw. Shaw. That rock. <laughs> They're gonna bring Superman in in the second yeah. one, and that's why that you rock gotta was, be ready for it. That rock was awesome because it stopped the whole ship from crushing her. And <laughs> so it's like, and she's just like, whoa! Wow. <laughs> Did you awesome. guys see that? <laughs> I'm obviously the one that's cool. going to survive this movie. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was, me, that was and my, me and my staples. Wherever we go, we're taking this rock with us. I think Andy's. I think Andy's comparison to uh, what was it? The mom and dad. Mom and dad saved the world. Mom saved and dad the world. saved the world. Comparison death was was oh. probably the best. The Gucci Gucci Gucci. Peanut <laughs> <laughs> so vagina Chad, is. Yeah. So Chad. Uh, Partner question for you is what's the scariest? Who's the scariest bad guy in the movie? Ooh, the, the scariest bad guy. Mm-hmm. The scariest. Wait, bad guy. wait, was there a scary bad guy in this movie? Oh yeah, it was the penis vagina thing. <laughs> <laughs> that thing. Let me tell you, when when the when the uh, okay, I will say this. The little finger thing. Sean, <laughs> <laughs> I know why I like it, right? So the the scene where the um, where Shaw was trying to get out of the met, meta vaca of the the, the automated Metatron thing. Um, Automatic care of your babies, all of your baby needs. Okay, so <laughs> did anyone notice that it was um, uh, what's her name Vickers that brought the thing, and it's for males only? Mm-hmm. It's because it was for Whalen. Yeah, but she didn't know he was in the ship. Yeah, she did. Oh, she did. Yeah, that time? Remember she and she and David had the conversation, and she said in the hall, she said, oh, "What did he yeah. say?" <sighs> yeah, you're right. Never mind. Okay, yeah. so. now, that was good though. That was a good conspiracy. You got to hang on to those things. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's, it's all I have. But so the the, the 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 scene where she's trying to get out of that thing, and you don't know what's going to happen. That was tense. That was that yeah, was like that was, a good that was awesome. tense. 
right? I was, yeah. But that was that that monster was too, you know. Once it grew into like I don't know, it's it, it's Wheaties and it became I liked the enormous name snuggler. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> it, it hugs you to death. It it hugs you in kindness <laughs> and then in pregnancy. It looks so soft and cuddly. I just want to go coochie coochie coo. Exactly. But, the, but the the snake thing where you where you uh the you thing? cut it off and because what is it the Cavalon one said that because um the goo like kind of massively enhances existing genetic traits you know worms can regrow bits of themselves the dude cuts off a part of the thing and it, it like super pops out a new head and like immediately like not even a little bit of time that. I mean, okay, so earthworms, right? Those are scary. Yeah. So, I mean, literally, I mean, David was sinister, Wayland was, uh, malign, you know, neglectful and, and malign, but, you know, really he just wanted to live forever. You got the other people around, but those little snake things were, were the first, the only, one of the only times I was like, like jumping out of my seat. You're talking about when it, like, wrapped around his arm. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, that was scary. That was scary because when yeah. it said it, when when you when you because that was the only time where you felt the real pressure from the characters that this thing is going to break my arm when he yeah, says and it, break and my it arm did. and then it breaks his arm and uh, makes makes good on a on a promise of the, the scare and yes. there were far too many uh, missed opportunities uh, yeah. in that light and I was yeah. I mean that's the where the movie actually presents a horror face to it you're like you're like like oh my god, the things are because it's in we're watching in three D. Man, that things are come out at me. I mean, I mean, and you know they cut it off and it just like sneaks yeah. up his 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 uh, suit and they're like and then around the globe and like that was scary. I have yeah. to admit, the rest of it was comical. Well, they ran out of stupid people. They needed more stupid people to go to the lake of of, of tar to go. Oh, look at this cute little thing that we can pet and yes. it reminds me of a snake. And back home, snakes act like this. And what do we do with snakes? What do we do with snakes? I mean, like, really? <laughs> I mean, what was he comparing that to? What was he comparing that to that's, that was at all? I mean, if it was a little rabbit, like a little bunny right. came out of the water and he's like, right. oh, he's if, trying to say something, then I'd be like, absolutely. If the goo fell in like a care bear and <laughs> yes, stayed in the care right. bear form, and you're I mean, like, oh, it's guy. a care bear. <laughs> Well, and that's why, if you haven't seen Andy's clip... I did. That, I mean, I haven't seen that in... I, I have never seen that movie, and so when yeah. I saw that uh, that clip of the cute mushroom, that is such a perfect comparison. Yeah. You could literally cut that segment yes. into Prometheus and remove the other bit, and you wouldn't even notice a difference. <laughs> you would absolutely notice a difference, because it would be better. Yeah, that's and right. you would have yeah. improved the acting and the character development like tenfold. <laughs> True. But see, I, I, I honestly think that, that Ridley Scott, and I, I do respect Ridley Scott, but I, I kind of think his head is still back in 1979 with bad guy, bad guy, and good guy. I mean, like, the back, I mean, I, I don't understand how the bad guy could have been any more bad guy. Like, you know, if you're going to put a black hat on him. And you were maybe, talking about the, the jelly-skinned uh, engineers? Yeah, yeah, the guy that died right away who's just, oh, I'm not taking this, and I'm not talking to you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. must be the bad guy. He must be. I but mean, what's so, you know, that's, this is why I think that what's so interesting, another piece that I found was really interesting about this film was the, was the way, you know, they used David. Because he was, he was, um, he was kind of the middle ground guy. Sometimes he was the bad guy. Sometimes he was the good guy. 
uh, I think they they used him and he was played very well. I mean, do you guys you guys not crazy about I David? Uh, Love David. I didn't like David, but Love you didn't like David. David. Why didn't you like Love David, it. Chad? I don't think he was the reason why I didn't. The reason the only reason why I didn't like David is because it seemed like a couple times he was emotional when he shouldn't have been emotional. He said, "How would you feel if your creator said?" That when he was at the at the pool table, and he said, "You know, you know what? what I can't remember the comment. The same thing about you, right? After uh, this is right after Holloway says, um, you know, David asks him, he's, you know, or you know, Holloway says, you know, why did you know? Why do you think we made you? Because we could. And yeah. like, well, because how, what, how would you how would you feel if your creator said that about you? And I thought." Where does that kind of <laughs> comment come from? And maybe it just came from, you know. How dare he speak to me that way? <laughs> yeah, he just seemed like it seemed like there was a personal. And then that's when he gave him the goo. I, do you that's, think uh, to, to that point? Do you think it's possible that it was not an emotion that was being displayed, but manipulation? It could have been, but what he was, what was he doing to do that? Because uh, there's uh, something on the. Um, the was it the fifteen minutes thing, the joke one? Mm-hmm. That I thought was interesting. It's like it's like the way the way that she put it was a, uh, um, well, uh, I'm not going to do this unless you give me a good reason. Unless you and it's like, uh, what do you think about that? Would you agree? It's like yes. Uh, would you do anything for this? Yes, anything. Anything. <laughs> and it's like and it's like well yes uh, yes anything. Bloop. And, and it's like it, it's almost like. Uh, like it's it's a failsafe in the in the Android programming. It's like it's like uh, you know the three rules of robotics. It's like you can't uh, do any harm. And he's like, well, I can't I can't kill him unless he asks for it. Well, <laughs> so oh. it's like he's, remember he was watching all their dreams, right? Mm-hmm. So it's possible that and that's not obvious because they only huh. show them watching Shaw's. But but he referenced Shaw's dreams and he was manipulating Shaw. So it's that's possible true. he was manipulating. Um, First guy to die to all, all you know, yeah whatever um, useless character to um, to you know sort of like almost ask for it I guess you could say and and then he maybe the android would be like well okay that makes logic why would I'm not doing anything bad on he he asked for it and things like that so I think it was like because the things he was saying to Shaw was like you're like oh my god this guy's horrific I mean who, who would Put this on a ship. This insane person with uh, intelligence and no, you know, you know, things he was saying to her. But obviously, it was he was trying to get a reaction out of her. So I'm thinking he was doing the same thing to him. Ah, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. No, that's you know, a good point. I could be completely wrong. I may have thought about it more than they did, but you know. Well, I guess then I like David. <laughs> <laughs> what a guy, David. <laughs> he. I had a, buddy. I'm gonna I had friend a, him on Facebook. I wish they would. I wish they would have had him actually listening to Meatloaf. You know, <laughs> just would like, you do anything? <laughs> would you do anything? <laughs> but you won't do that. Okay. Yes. Okay. So what did I miss I then? Why? What was the What was the reasoning for him to to cause all these problems? The oops, David. Is doing this by accident? Oops, oopsie. I mean, oh, well, that's because that's that's he was under the thing of Wayland. Yeah, yeah, Wayland telling him what to do. But Wayland, but how does Wayland know about these creatures? Does Wayland is Wayland telling him go find some goo, yeah. put it in some champagne? 
Well, well, he has, yeah, he has the thing. Point last night. Do you want to reiterate your point from last night, Pete? What was that? Was that how it was? Must have been awesome. It was probably. Why don't you reiterate it? Because I want to just see if you got it. <laughs> okay. It was that Wayland um, had given David a directive that's kind of it's it's a general directive. Just basically find out anything you can about the alien life if you if if you discover anything and learn as much as you can because I you don't want to bring me back to life until or you don't want to wake me up. Sorry until uh, until you are at a place where you're ready for me, basically. So David is kind of has taken that command to be, you know, it's a vague command. So he can kind of uh, do a lot of different things. Uh, for example, putting the black goo in Holloway's uh, drink because even Holloway does say, yes, I would do anything, and then David does it as essentially, well, then I'm going to test this out on you and see what it does so that I can learn more about this alien species and see if it is something that can help Wayland. Because it ends up being a decision gate, right? Would you do anything? Yes. Then I can do what I need to do to continue this experiment. Uh -huh. And if he says no, then I'm programmed to do something else. We can maybe logically presume. But that's one of the things I like about it because it was hmm. the idea that this, this android is programmed with some, with, you know, it, it executes a complex logic that otherwise, um, you know, it makes the story more interesting when you see that he's mm -hmm. doing things that are for good and ill to execute what otherwise is just, an, to him, an experiment. I got, when I first saw the movie, and before I read any of the other stuff, I, I got the impression that it was, um, it's almost like he was on the clock and off the clock for Wayland. It's like he would be, do, his activities when he was, like, you could tell he was doing things for Wayland were very directed, very... Like here, I'm washing your feet. Here, I'm picking things up for you. I'm carrying your books, and you know whatever he's doing. And you know he goes and gets things, right? And then, and then there's things that doesn't seem to be directly tied to orders that Wayland would give. Like somebody who's trying to, you know, it doesn't seem like he would. It doesn't seem like a dude who has flown here to try to find ways to survive would. You know, maybe he did, but it would use the people that fly the ship as experiments, right? Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but so it almost seemed like some of the stuff David was doing was of his own, um, not of a accord. And I thought that was real, a little bit sinister. Like when you start looking at the way he's uh, talking and the way he's he's uh, experimenting, like with like we're little toys or whatever, which. It seemed a little sinister. Where if everything he does is under Wayland, he he actually has no, you know, it actually reduces David as a character. I think that's exactly right because I think we have to look at David as the arm of Wayland, who is apart from being a bag of silicone and and latex, uh, is uh, otherwise a uh, selfish, yeah. uh, selfish god. Mm -hmm. Right, and and David is the arm of this guy, and sometimes the behavior comes off as sinister, and sometimes it doesn't. Don't you think? It's interesting you said, interesting you said selfish God, because um, you almost and and I think I, I, I mentioned this Andy one time was there's a there's a um, see engineer human thing and and you know then the xenomorph whatever, and then you have this other thing. So, you know, we are what they created, right? And the mm -hmm. androids are what we created, mm -hmm. right? And then the aliens seem to always 
come back and kill the xenomorphs or whatever in this movie, whatever they're called, seem to destroy their creators. And then at least two of the movies, okay, so both Ridley Scott movies, the android is what is the destruction of its creators in some way or shape or form. Now, Ash is a little different. You know, Ash was on orders. Basically, yes, all these people are expendable. But it's the... The the android is our you know, as a race our creations and and in a lot of the cases they're what uh, was causing our demise in these movies. Well, that's I think why Ash is actually such an interesting character because he is a direct analog to David. I mean, it's really the same motivation. Ash would do. He is a complex machine that does mm -hmm. what his programmed uh, program tells him to do. Yeah. I think and David is, is a more interesting character than. Yeah, and you guys made the point that David was out in the open, and, and then by the time, you know, if you want to make that analogy, by the time they got to Ash, that they were like, we need to hide these guys and make them look more yeah. human because they can do their job better. But they don't know. Yeah. <laughs> David needs but, a girlfriend. You know, uh, this is I can't. This has been uh, it's been awesome. Do you anybody have anything else to share before we wrap up? Chad, Andy. Don't have me. There's so much to you say. You just had a turn. <laughs> Mike, this has been your whole thing has been a turn, man. <laughs> I, I love it. I feel like we uncorked uh, something. I told you I've been, I've been yelling at you guys for like months. I, know, I feel like we got it all out. No, this was good. I, uh, this was fun. Did you guys, uh, did you guys yeah, enjoy uh, the uh, Hangout experiments? Yeah. Experiments? Experiments. Uh, I had a great time. Uh, thank you so much for uh, yeah. uh, for joining. Well, Second question: Did we actually uh, get paid? No, stop. No, no. Do we uh, like the, the reversal of the thing? Did uh, Chad or I help uh, you guys work anything out, or was this just like uh, let's let the loonies uh, play around with the, play around with the little the video camera for a little while? I love it. No, I think it's great. Uh, I you know, I I uh, I love the additional thought. I I haven't changed my rating. Still a four, maybe less. It may be less now, right? Yeah, it may. Yeah. It's it's plummeting. Here, Peter, this will make it less. I'm going to go times, see. It, how many times? How many road trips did they make back to that spaceship? How many road trips? That'll lessen it. No, it was three. Three road trips to that. Because there was. The, yeah, you're, I think. Should they just park closer? They should have parked closer. <laughs> that would have been better. Just, just, I mean, just, just go. Just, just real quick. Uh, well, then they would have seen the big skull mountain, and we didn't want them to see the skull mountain. Because then they would have turned around, and the movie would have been appropriately uh, long. Right. Uh, what are you, what are you guys uh, interested in seeing this coming up? Besides, obviously, Madagascar Three, which is apparently a hit. That's amazing. Um, I think in July we should do The Dark Knight Rises. Absolutely. Please. I think we should do Born. I think we should do Dark Knight Rises. Um, that takes us through July and August. All right. This is going to be good. I, I'm so glad you guys joined us for this, and, and we've got a, a growing list of uh, people. We have a couple of people who uh, could not show up tonight. We're going to have an even bigger crew, but uh, um, we sure appreciate uh, you guys joining us for this. And uh, Thank Andy, you. Do you have any closing uh, marks? You know, I think this is uh, going to be a fun new addition to our to our uh, world of movies we like, and I, I think it's going to be a, uh, a nice way to continue exploring um, movies we like and, and ones we don't. <laughs> you know, we should, in our lower thirds, we should add uh, our flick chart address. Pete, Pete, can you please have movies we don't like? 
I think there should be. Hard, I, I you think just don't like. Actually, it's not. It's going to be a, a really sarc- a more uh, sarcastic title. It's movies we like, uh, <laughs> with just quotes around. With just quotes around it. It may even be movies we like, and movies we like. <laughs> right? You see, right any company. But I like to keep it positive. I don't. I don't like to bring in the negative. I feel like that's a good direction for us. Uh, it, no, it, no, Chad, I'm just kidding with you. Yeah. Chad, any uh, any closing comments? Uh, any any final plugs? Uh, I think, like I told you last night, I thought that this movie would have been better as a comedy. I think it would have been nicer if we could have had some narration by Tom Waits. <laughs> it would have explained so much. <laughs> just anything. And here's a poverty go into that. You know, it would have been so fulfilling to know why they're doing this. She's going to give herself a C-section. <laughs> Watch it, the robo-surgery. Mm. You're a pretty good yeah. time waste. Oh, that's Thanks, awesome. Man. But, uh, no, I, I, uh, I'm, when you said you were doing this, I just about cried. I wanted to talk about it so much. But you guys have done a great job, too. I'm glad we got to actually broach this. And uh, please invite me back. To, uh, you're, you're, you know, I told you, you're, uh, you, this is your second uh, experience with us, so that means you're an A-list regular. <laughs> I'm an A-list regular already. Mike, Ooh. thanks so much for joining us, man. My pleasure. Next time, I'll promise not to talk as much. Nice meeting you, Mike. We should, we should do a, we'll, we'll do a movie that you've only seen half of. How about that? <laughs> just invite me to a movie that I haven't seen. And I'll be just yeah, this all right, I'll, bet, I, I'll bet you come up with something. <laughs> this is awesome, gentlemen. Uh, thank you. I'm going to go ahead and sign off the live broadcast. Uh, we've uh, for those who have been joining us for the hangout. Thank you so much for for uh, uh, joining us. We are, are thrilled to have you here. Make sure you subscribe to the regular podcast, uh, Movies We Like, in iTunes uh, or your favorite podcatcher of choice. You can find us at rashpixel.tv/mwl and uh, subscribe to us there and uh, leave a review of the show in iTunes. It really helps us and helps other people who uh, fi- uh, to find the show and uh, discover the show and you know I'm sure there are other tools that you could use to find the show and, and Mike's going to come up with a list of all the different ways I've ruined his life uh, and all the new tools that I have, I have introduced to him. I have them all. You're welcome. Thank you. Signing off. Hey, where's the cat? Hands off! <laughs> on, Hands Here on the film board, we have covered quite a variety of great page-to-screen adaptations over the years, from superheroes like Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight Rises, based on stories like Nightfall and The Dark Knight Returns, to horror and sci-fi like Max Brooks's World War Z and Hiroshi Sakazuraka's All You Need Is Kill, which became one of our favorites, Edge of Tomorrow, with Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. And who could forget Andy Weir's stranded astronaut adventure, The Martian, or Dave Egger's tech thriller, The Circle? Supposedly so much better than the movie. We've also explored Stephen King epics like The Dark Tower and It, biopics like Damien Chazelle's First Man, and sweeping sagas like Denis Villeneuve's take on Frank Herbert's Dune. And don't forget Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon, based on David Grant's nonfiction book about the 1920s murders of the Osage Nation. I just finished the book, and it's fantastic. It's always fascinating to look at the source material, and we often do as the book lovers we are. For those of you out there who love to do the same, head to thenextreel.com slash originals to find all of our past episodes and dive deeper into these adapted stories.
And it's not just stories. We've included things like the video games Uncharted and Detective Pikachu. That's right. TheNextReel.com slash Originals is your one-stop shop for in-depth looks at the sources for cinematic adaptations that we have discussed. Every purchase you make supports the film board and The Next Reel's family of shows. So what are you waiting for? Head to TheNextReel.com slash Originals and get your next read today. Music